Well, hello out there to anyone listening. This is Onion Ring Sasquatch ORS at the Movies coming back at you once again. This is the movie review podcast where the hosts outnumber the listener. This is your host, your boy, G Money Clip, and with me today, as always, is Thornton Mellon. What's up? And Thornton Mellon Jr. Hello. Junior? That's right. We've got two boomers and a zoomer this time. If you're listening to us, you can check us out. Our video versions are on YouTube, Rumble, or Odyssey. And if you're watching the video, you can get the audio versions at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Podcast Addict. Just search for ORS at the Movies. If you want to tell us how much we suck, you can always drop us a line at ORS at the Movies at gmail.com. Oh my God, we're back again. <laughs> It's only been a month and a half since I kidnapped Thornton Mellon Jr., and his dad has finally come to pick him up. I tried everything to speed up this process. I sent ransom notes. I sent pictures of his kid chained to the wall wearing a dog collar. He wrote me back and asked if I could improve the lighting and gave me a list of positions to put him in, which I thought was kind of weird, but, you know, I'm a people pleaser. Finally, he's here. Well, your, your ransom check came through in the mail, so I finally came to get him. Oh, good. How you doing, Junior? Been worse. How much? <laughs> Life's hard when you're 14. Well, I've been camping. <laughs> and you've watched Cool as Ice. That is true. <laughs> but before we get into that, uh, we have heard from our fan. Got an email here that uh, said, just finished head. I'm excited for Blob. Well, yeah, like that's Oops. ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, then, our hand has been forced. We are here today not to talk about the Blob. We went with the alternate direction. We're going to be talking about 1991's Cool as Ice. Now you want to get nuts? Come on. Let's get nuts. Starring Vanilla Ice. And I got to tell you, despite the delay in getting this thing going, it actually couldn't have worked out better. What better way for the three of us to sit down, come together to celebrate Black History Month by and by reviewing a film <laughs> that was a starring vehicle for a white rapper. Bitch, are you for real? Is that cultural appropriation? <laughs> well, not for us. We're not appropriating anything. Certainly not. <laughs> How did we get here? How did we get to a point in this world where Vanilla Ice got to star in his own movie? Oh, I thought you meant us talking about it. I was going to say it's because you're a big bully and made me watch it. Kidnapping. Shut up, man. <laughs> Why are you bringing up old stuff? Look, you got your check, okay? Oh. All right, so we got to go way back in the time machine for this one with a young man named Robert Van Winkle, which is already a pretty cool-sounding rap name, I think. Why didn't he just go with that? So dumb. Such a <laughs> stupid name. What, that's, that's, his re- that's his real name. I know that's his real name. It doesn't mean it's not stupid. When he was 13 years old, he started practicing breakdancing, and he got the nickname Vanilla because he was the only one in his group of friends who was white. True story. Right, right. He didn't like it, but the name stuck. And it's kind of a combination of Vanilla and one of his breakdancing moves, which was called The Ice. He writes Ice Ice Baby when he was 16 years old. And he went to a South Dallas nightclub called City Lights, where he was dared to perform on open mic night by some of his friends. And he got up there and did so well that the club owner offered him the opportunity to kind of be like an opening act down there. So when other groups would come in, like you'd have... NWA or Ice-T or anybody would come in to do shows, Vanilla Ice would be the opening act. Kind of the local kid getting up on the stage. With the earnings he made from that, he bought some studio time and recorded an album over the course of two years called Hooked, which came out in 1989. Now, Ice Ice Baby was originally the B-side of the single that came out from that album. A DJ in Georgia flipped it and played the B-side instead, and then that started to get a lot of traction. 
1990, Vanilla Ice signs with SBK, which is Universal, mm-hmm. and re-recorded it and re-released Hooked, and it was called To the Extreme. It came out in September of 1990. They had a really nifty strategy for it. As soon as the song hit number one, Ice Ice Baby, Universal pulled the single. They figured people would have to go buy the album, and we'll make more money selling the album. Oh, that's an interesting strategy. And it worked. <laughs> The album became the fastest-selling hip-hop record of all time, spent 16 weeks at number one. Good grief. Wow. And the album sold 11 million copies. Ice Ice Baby became the first hip-hop single to top the Billboard Hot 100. It samples the bass line from Queen and David Bowie's Under Pressure. No, it's totally different. He says so. Ding, 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 diggy, ding, ding. Ding, 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 diggy, ding, ding. Ding, 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 ding. That's the way theirs goes. Ours goes ding, 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 diggy, ding, ding. Ding, 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 diggy, ding, ding. That little bitty change. It's not the same. Ice claimed in an interview that it was different. <laughs> totally different. There's an extra note, man. Yeah. But was he kidding? Because if you watch the interview, he kind of looks like he's kind of grinning through the thing, like he's making a joke. A lot of folks didn't think he was kidding <laughs> and was serious about having claimed to write it himself. And at the time, when rap musicians were sampling stuff to make their songs, a lot of times the original artists weren't getting any kind of royalties or any kind of credit recognition. So the Ice Ice Baby case in particular, because it was such a big seller, opened the door for those lawsuits mm-hmm. and negotiations and things to happen so Queen can step up and say, yeah, you throw us a few well, bucks hey, here. Yeah. You know, we got to get some publishing rights out of this. Now, at the time, a guy who had been hanging out with Vanilla Ice, uh, an associate of Suge Knight named Mario... Chocolate Johnson claimed he helped write the song, but got no credit or royalties. And because the song was so popular, it got Suge Knight's attention. There's like a kind of an urban legend. Suge Knight shows up to Ice's hotel one day with his bodyguards, bulls his way in there, and threatens to throw Ice off the balcony unless he signs the rights over to the song. (laughs) Now, the legend was that he actually had his guys dangling Ice off the balcony, but Ice said, no, 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 he threatened to throw me off the balcony. He didn't actually do it. Suge Knight used the money that he got from getting the rights signed over to him to found his own company, Death Row Records. Oh. Which is kind of a fitting title because Suge Knight was convicted of voluntary manslaughter and sentenced to 28 years in prison in 2018. So when we talk about it, we don't even have to say alleged because he got convicted. Oh. It's beautiful. Yeah. And he's up for parole in 2037, so we've even got time to go into hiding if this ever gets out. <laughs> So it sells 11 million copies, but as always, whenever something gets popular really fast, there also becomes backlash really fast, especially from the comments that he made about writing the song. Third Bass did a song called Pop Goes the Weasel, which had a music video starring Henry Rollins as a fake Vanilla Ice who gets beat down by the rap group during the video. (laughs) I remember that. And it also didn't help that the record label had made a fake biography for Vanilla Ice that overemphasized his street cred Uh, and made it sound like he was supposed to be some kind of big tough guy. And apparently they did this without Vanilla Ice knowing about it. Don't! So Vanilla Ice was on a roll for a while. In late 1990, he hooked up with Madonna, was with her for about eight months. Right. I remember that. Yeah. Probably at this point, it would be easier to make a list of guys that didn't hook up with Madonna, but he was one of them there. He was a musical guest on SNL in January of 91. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 that came out in March of 91. He was? Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go, 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 go. Oh, that was Vanilla Ice. I did not know that. Secret of the Ooze, man. Universal wanted him to be in a movie, so Cool as Ice started production in April of 1991. You gotta milk the cash cow while you can. 
you are being milked. You're being treated like you're a big fat cow. And somebody at Universal thought that would be a great idea. They don't work there anymore, do they? Well, it was 30 years ago, so with any luck, they have uh, gone on to other future endeavors. Right. Maybe. That's some interesting backstory. I didn't know a lot of that about him. It's kind of one of those things. Got something that took off, and now all of a sudden, it just sort of exploded. I mean, you remember the song was all over the radio. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, it was incredibly popular. I mean, it's not a bad song. It you know, doesn't hurt that the bass line is from a pretty good song, too. Right. You a big fan of rap music or not so much? Casually, there's there's a lot that I like, but then there's a lot that I'm not really so much into. I'm kind of hitting this. It's you? I mean, I listen to Eminem sometimes, but that's about it. Yeah, the other white rapper. Yeah. I'd rather listen to gunshots from your kid's bedroom, you know, <laughs> so. Anyhow, we can get into the movie here. First of all, <laughs> spoiler alert Uh-oh. for a movie, you know, 30 years old. So they don't listen to it and go, oh, I was going to watch that. man, you're wrecking the movie. Yeah, but just put it out there. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We kick off the movie with a five-minute long music video over the credits. Singing the song is actually Naomi Campbell. If that name sounds familiar, it's because she goes on to become one of the most famous supermodels of the 1990s. So you have no (laughs) idea who she is, Junior. No clue. (laughs) The interesting thing for me with this opening sequence I'm assuming it sets the tone to the extent, because my point of reference going into this movie is that it's going to be a vehicle for him as a performer in the style of, you know, from my point of reference, old Elvis movies or, you know, the Beatles doing a hard day's night or something like that. I'm expecting it somewhat to be a day in the life kind of a thing based around him that it's going to work his music in into the movie inevitably. So this kind of just sets the tone for me that I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, here you go. Opening credits around one of his songs. All right, great. The thing for me about this opening song, though, is how derivative the opening track is that right off the bat, it sounds exactly like CNC Music Factory. Yes, it very much (laughs) sounds like a CNC Music Factory song. Some things I noticed during the credits, and you may have noticed them too. This was done kind of in production with Alive Films. Alive Films is Shep Gordon's outfit. Shep Gordon is Alice Cooper's manager from like way back in the day. He's been his manager since the 70s. Alive Films also mostly did horror movies. They did John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness and They Live with Rowdy Rowdy Piper. And they did a couple Wes Craven movies, People Under the Stairs Mm. and Shocker, I believe. So it's like, wait, that's kind of weird that, well, I mean, I guess horror movie being kind of a relative term, we could probably put this in there (laughs) in one way or another. It's pretty scary. Then the director of photography's name comes up. Okay. Janice Kaminsky. Does that ring a bell? No, but I have lots to say to him about his work on this film. Well, I tell you what, that's Steven Spielberg's director of photography. What? What? For the last 30 years, almost. (laughs) No. He shot Schindler's List, won an Oscar. Saving Private Ryan, won an Oscar. Every Spielberg movie since the end of 1993, Janice Kaminsky has been the director of photography on. How the hell did he get that gig with this on his resume? I refuse to believe this. Doubt me all you want. There's no way. Yes way. All right. Two Oscar wins. And as the credits go on, you realize we are getting the whole fucking song. It is literally the first five minutes of the movie. And all that's missing is the little Yo MTV raps down in the bottom corner of the screen. And this could have played, just take the words out on the screen and it could have been on MTV at any point in 1991. The thing about it, though, is that it's so low budget. It's all shadowed and dark, and you can't see anything. Yeah, the club is very much like, 
I imagine they came in to shoot that music video, and then after they left, it's like a serial killer's hideout. <laughs> it's like if you came out of the bathroom and took a wrong turn, instead of ending up on the dance floor, you end up down at the bottom of the well with Frederica Bimmel. <laughs> it rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. So once the song ends, Naomi Campbell instantly fucks off. She's gone. It's like, nope. She pulls a right said Fred. I'm too sexy for this movie. She's out of here. And then a big-titted blonde gives Vanilla Ice her phone number. I'll take things that haven't happened since 1991, Alex. <laughs> Leaving the club, Ice and his homies ride crotch rockets in the wee hours of the morning. The five-minute music video wasn't enough to set the stage. We're going to watch them ride bikes for two minutes. They come to a farm in the pre-dawn and are still passing it. And it's broad daylight. It's the same white fence. How long have you guys been riding past the same farm? And they ride like straight through the night. That just can't be safe. All I they know is it. that we're near 10 minutes into this movie and I'm bored. Yeah, nothing has <laughs> yeah. happened of any kind of thing. So then Vanilla Ice spots a girl riding a horse in slow motion, no less. <laughs> the actor's name is Kristen Minter. Her mom trained horses. Uh -huh. So there you go. She's riding a horse. So then Vanilla Ice somehow jumps over the fence, which would have required a ramp, <laughs> even though there is no ramp in sight. Yeah, he just like, hops right over it. The horse gets spooked and throws the girl. That's kind of a dick move. Douchebag. Yeah. But this is before Christopher Reeve, so this is way before people getting thrown from horses was bad. So no problem there. This really kind of establishes character for me right off the get-go. The first experience you have with him establishes himself as a complete douche. He is kind of a dick. Douchebag. Oh, she likes me. So that's, you know, dick move number one. So then she punches him. Yay! <laughs> Woo! He doesn't even apologize for almost crippling her. Douchebag. And the way he delivers his lines is more wooden than a goddamn log cabin. Just awful. You know what else is awful? His haircut throughout this movie. Well, that was the it, style at the time. It's, it's so bad. But that was what the cool kids he, did. He has like a brick wall pattern shaved yes. on the one side. It's so horrible. They carved... You weren't there in 1991. You can't appreciate pop culture. All of the cool kids I had grooves carved into it their still head like sucked. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It just looks bad. I mean, it was stupid then, but all the cool kids were doing it. But it was definitely stupid back then. <laughs> and yes, of course, he says, oh yeah, she likes me. Douchebag. It's like, why? Because she didn't instantly call the cops? There aren't cell phones right now. She's going on the house to call the cops. Also, how's he going to get his bike back over the fence? Is he going to magically he's gonna jump, jump it again? He's going to magically Same way jump you got it the over. other way? He's, he's, he's a group he's going to help him lift it over. Kind of funny, at one point, he's talking to her, he's saying something, and you can see her reflection in the sunglasses where she's actually sitting on the fence, even though she's supposed to be standing right next to him when they're having their conversation. I didn't pay that close attention. That's all right. <laughs> Those little finer details I've were seen lost this on movie yeah. way too many times. I think we were a little too um, trying not to pay attention, you know? We didn't want to sit through this. That hurts my feelings. You know how much I've suffered... And waited for this opportunity to talk about this movie? Probably a very long time. Honestly. Oh, no probably about it. All things considered, this hour or so we get to spend having this conversation, and what I expect is about to continue to come here is worth the price of admission. Yeah, I'm telling you, this is going to be way more fun for us than watching this movie. I assure <laughs> you of that. All right, so everybody gets into the downtown part, and it's weird because it looks like the town was designed by dudes working on Edward Scissorhands. It's just really weird with the kind of the shrubbery on the side of the road. I actually right. looked it up to see where it was filmed because I'm like, is this where they shot Edward Scissorhands? It is not. Edward Scissorhands was shot in Florida. This is actually Glendora, California, which is about 23 miles east of downtown Los Angeles mm. and about five and a half miles from San Dimas. Excellent! Yay! 
One of Ice's posse, I don't know if LeBron James will let us use that word. One of Ice's his crew, crew has his bike start, and I quote, tripping. His bike is tripping. And it starts bouncing. No, it starts tripping. His bike is tripping. Whatever it is, it's tripping. His bike is tripping. So, like you do, instead of moving the bike out of the road, they just tie up traffic. Douchebag. And we get the shot of the uh, comically angry man with bared teeth growling. So you know he's angry. Right. It's a movie, not theater. You don't need to enunciate to the back row. I mean, we, we get it. You don't need to emote that much. This is like fucking panto shit, man. This is ridiculous. He, he just wants you to know he's angry. <laughs> Until they actually see him and pay attention. And then... Oh, never mind. Yeah, the I'm guy good. instantly chickens out and sinks in his seat as soon as black people look at him. As you do, it's like Michael Bolton from Office Space. <laughs> and he's doing the gangster rap in traffic, and then as soon as the guy selling the flowers comes walking by, he turns the volume way down, sinks in his seat. So as they go driving by, people stare ridiculously at Vanilla Ice and his crew on the street. This is a clown show. They're just slack-jawed yokels. <gasps> you know, the mouths agape. Whoa. This, it's so over the top and ridiculous. Well, it's, it's not every day you see Vanilla Ice just walking down the street. Well, he no, 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 just, he was riding. Well, yeah. it, it's not just that. It's the way that this entire town is characterized. Oh, They're all like yeah. over the top stereotype, cliched local yokels that yeah. have. It's bad. Yeah. <laughs> they see a, and I quote, Yo, man, check out this crazy whack house. It looks like a rejected plan for Pee Wee's Playhouse. I gotta wonder if Tim Burton had done some sketches or something between that and the main street. It's like, dude, was he working on this? I, like, I'm around? glad I'm not the only one that, that got the Pee Wee vibe. Yeah, it totally, it looks so ridiculous. There had to be like some level of drugs involved in designing this. What? No. <laughs> Maybe Tim Burton used a pseudonym as a production designer and just mm. didn't, you know, I wouldn't blame him for not wanting his name associated with this. Although I do notice that Ice and his crew, they have a lot of nerve calling anything crazy looking when they're all dressed like clowns. They just look ridiculous. So then we're introduced to the idiot mechanic and his wife. The mechanic's wife says that Vanilla Ice's bike is worth more than their house. A line that is so stupid that I had to look it up. <laughs> oh. This is the shit that these movies drive me to. I had to pull real estate records... <laughs> from Glendora, California from 1991. I was able to find eight. At the time, the median U.S. home price was $96,113. But in California, it was higher. Sure, Especially sure. Glendora. Eight houses. The lowest one sold for $146,500. The most expensive was $379,000. That's a median of $229,937. All so right. for that bike, a 1991 Kawasaki GSX R750M, <laughs> to be worth more than somebody's house in Glendora, California, maybe if it didn't look like Pee-wee's Playhouse, you could get better market value for it? You're a fucking nerd, and no one likes you. You didn't look up the price of the bike, went through that effort to find the real estate value? But didn't I couldn't find I couldn't find a price of the oh, bike in gotcha. 1991. Okay. You can buy one now. The most pristine, highest, most expensive one, it's like $10,000. Oh, wow. Now it's a 30-year-old <laughs> bike. Sure, sure. Even if it's basically untouched, it's got 2,000 miles on it in the last 30 years. They're talking 10000 bucks, and you could probably get it for half of that if you tried. So I don't think there's any way this thing cost $150,000 <laughs> in 1991. Wait, it's so stupid. We, we might have done some modifications on it, you know? Oh, $150,000 worth of modifications. <laughs> 
Jones. Hey, man, I don't know. What do you think he's Han Solo in the Millennium Falcon? What does he do? Special modifications himself. What does it do? Turn into a jet? Is that how he can jump a fence without a ramp? It has jet rockets <laughs> in the back like James Bond? I got spring-loaded tires. Oh, that's how they did the stunt with the thing tripping, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, that's how it was tripping. The inside of the house is as crazy as the outside of the house. I'm just wondering if it wouldn't be easier to call for a tow truck than it would be to <laughs> let your bike get worked on by obviously insane people. There's the unexplained song break that happens. After they drop off the bike and start to work on it, there's this little moment where there's unexplained big-ass salt and pepper shakers, it's... vanilla ice doing some weird dance, and the visuals and everything that just happened here, for no particularly good reason, just happen. Yeah, it feels like a dream sequence, honestly, but it's just so insane. Who's dreaming? <laughs> and why don't they wake up? <laughs> well, I would hope it was me, but no, here we are. <laughs> and it's the first of several moments where... It, when you're watching a movie critically and trying to look at it through this lens, you start to wonder what kind of movie is this trying to be? Is it setting itself up now as a comedy? And it's taking itself like really lightheartedly. It's, it's setting itself up. Like I said, looks like somebody from Pee-wee's Playhouse is like building the sets, doing the, the design and everything. And now all of a sudden here's this musical point where everything's in fast motion. The props are all out of whack and out of size and out of proportion. And it's goofy. And you're, what the hell is going on? That's a great question. I have no idea. And then it's suddenly over. Vanilla Ice, dick move number two. Ice sees the girl and her boyfriend across the street and just goes on over and butts right into their conversation. Douchebag. Uh, we find out that the girl's name is Kathy, which Ice instantly shortens to Cat because why not? Reasons. He drops some, and I quote, words of wisdom. <laughs> and we get the line of the movie. That's right. This was in the trailer. This is their big selling point. He goes, drop that zero and get, get with, with the, the hero. Words of wisdom, Lloyd. Words of wisdom. Where he refers to himself as the hero, like all good heroes do. Douchebag. I mean, Hercules. Well, he's the star. A, I mean, this guy's a dick. I mean, <laughs> she actually laughs when he says that, and I did too. With him, not at like him. him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I laughed too, but it was a different reason. <laughs> so, did you know the role of Kathy was offered to Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> wow, this is 1991. Gwyneth Paltrow in 1991 was not Gwyneth Paltrow from sure. much later in the 90s. Sure. She had a better agent, apparently. Her dad told her not to do it, saying it would hurt her career. No! No, 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 no! No! No, 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 no! No! Not this fucking time! No fucking way! No fucking way! No fucking way! No fucking way! Smart man. Lisa Marie Presley was also offered and declined the role. And I'm thinking maybe her dad told her not to do it. <laughs> Please, Marie, find another way to disappoint your father. Thank you very much. He does these impersonations. I swear, you would think it was the real people. Insert picture of Michael Jackson here. Nick Cage. <laughs> All I know is that one actress became a world-famous film star, <laughs> is featured in the MCU, married and divorced the guy from Coldplay, started a business selling bogus pseudoscience goods. Snake oil. It's... Allegedly. And the other one's Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. Um, <laughs> as he's walking away, Ice calls her boyfriend, Nick, Dick. Haha. <laughs> Literally, dick move number three. Douchebag. <laughs> How is he the good guy? And why is she smiling at him at this point? Like she's oddly attracted to him. Why is her first reaction to this dude showing up like, oh, you, you dick that scared my horse and about killed me. Why is she not beating the crap out of him and telling him to fuck off? Why is that not her reaction to this entire movie? 
But this is the first moment of it. That, uh, like, yeah. oh, hey, this guy just popped up and she doesn't, like, lose her shit I know, it's just, it doesn't make any sense throughout the entire movie. Because the script says so. Oh, okay. <laughs> how could I have forgotten? This is a movie. This isn't real life. But we're less than 15 minutes in and Vanilla Ice is a complete douchebag. <laughs> I don't know how anybody is supposed to like him. Douchebag. Somehow, Vanilla Ice has stolen her little black book. Douchebag. When? How? I mean, why? Maybe when she fell off the horse, but I mean, she would have noticed that, and why would she have had it on her? It's... Well, he would have shown it off before, right? Because uh. he just, it doesn't come back until he talks to her for the second time. We don't know, because the movie doesn't tell us the when, the how, or the why. So that's dick move number four. Douchebag. Maybe we're rapidly he, adding up here. Maybe he's just a really good pickpocket and had nothing better to do with his time. I guess. The movie then proceeds to have a seizure. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah. And yes, another moment that you, you're left watching. Why is this here? What the hell? We see this crazy high-speed shit going on with her family as she goes in the house. And I can't help but wonder if the movie is trying to make us sick. Because it's working. <laughs> Dude worked for Spielberg. Still. 30 years. Uh, almost 30 years. Right on. Consecutive. Okay. There had to be like some sort of epilepsy warning when this was ever released on home video, right? What do you think <laughs> it says? The Incredibles 2? No, because that was a good movie. Oh, okay. And even that's debatable. I'm glad you haven't been confused yet. And at this point, the mechanic and his wife seem very chill about letting four complete strangers have the run of their house, watching TV, eating all the food. That's kind of weird, isn't it? Well, it's the least they can do when the dude completely dismantled the guy's bike down at the frame. Yeah. For no I, good reason. It was tripping. This bike is tripping! Oh, well. Yeah. So, you know. that's how you have to diagnose a tripping Yeah, you've got to take it all apart to find out why it's tripping. This bike is tripping! you got to take it apart to put it back together. He doesn't even do a whole lot of work on it throughout the movie. He just kind of takes it apart and then puts it back together. Do well, that's to what gets rid of whatever was tripping. It's a technical mechanical term. I don't expect you to understand it. Oh. Kathy's house always looks extraordinarily hazy, even though we don't see anyone smoking. It looks like there's a fire that was just put out 20 <laughs> seconds before they started filming. Well, it's I don't know why. So. Well, yeah, but the smog is usually outside. And they could have left some windows open. I think they do coming up here in a little while. So Kathy's family is watching TV where Kathy appears with her dad. She gets a long interview about how she's perfect, and her dad, for some reason, is also featured. Let's just take a moment here as, as we start to discuss Kathy's uh -huh. dad. Michael Gross. Two years before this movie, he had a starring role on one of the biggest hit TV shows of the 80s. How and why is he here? Did but, he fire his agent after this? Family Ties, like you said, had been off the air for about two years. Was that most, desperate in two years? Most people would recognize him as the dad from Family Ties or as Bert from the Tremor series of movies, the uh -huh. crazy right-wing survivalist. He's husband of uh, Reba McIntyre in the movie. Oh, okay. With all the weapons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the worms yeah. in the basement. All right. I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, hey, we got a part for you. I'll take it. No idea how he ended up in this movie. I don't know. I think Universal's is also behind Tremors, so maybe it was a Universal thing. Maybe he had some kind yeah, of a deal with contract it. obligation. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if, uh, uh, I'm not sure about Family Ties, who produced that. Also could have just been a, hey, I want money. It could be, but I mean, there's got to be other ways. You could sell crack. That is true. Probably more effective than this. Probably more self-esteem about your job, too. Anyways, dad is Michael Gross. Mom is Candy Clark from American Graffiti, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. She was Christy Swanson's mom in that. And also from the 1988 version of The Blob. 
<laughs> How convenient. Some mooks in a bar recognize Dad. Shortly after the interview is over, Dad gets a strange phone call. The mooks instantly found his phone number. It's a minute after the broadcast. So Kathy's little brother also calls Nick a dick. So Vanilla Ice is on par with a 10-year-old <laughs> as far as his verbal wit. And at this point, Kathy notices that her little black book is missing and somehow figures out instantly that Ice has it. But yeah. how? Didn't just misplace it around the house or anything. He clearly has to have it. How she, does she know? Because she retraced it? her steps. Her brother said, come on, think about your day. Where would where, you go? Walk back through your steps. That's so she true. did. Oh, well, I had it here, and I knew I had it then, and I had it... Oh, I know where it is. But we don't know how. <laughs> There's also a uh, prototype of uh, that's what she said joke in there, <laughs> where the kid gets a little snort, and a young Michael Scott takes notes. And then I went straight to Nick's house, and I didn't touch it at Nick's house. <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> Michael! <laughs> Michael! And yeah, we get back over to the mechanic, and the idiot mechanic has taken the entire bike apart, only so Ice will be stuck there with his crew in town. Weren't they going somewhere? Undisclosed location, USA. Yeah, but there's any number of ways they could leave. They could double up on one of the bikes. The guy could maybe get a bus ticket, taxi. I mean, where are they going? There's any number of ways they could leave, but no, they've got the entire bike stripped down to the frame, so... Well, they might not be headed anywhere in particular. They could I mean, you could have called a tow truck before the bike got stripped to the frame. I have a note here as, as I was watching the movie, and I think this is about where we are as, as you're walking us through. I have a note, the 20-minute mark of the movie. What is happening? Why are we here? And this is the point where I sent a text message to you as I'm watching this. And my comment at the time was that this makes Head look like a Best Picture nominee. Yes. And your comment, you could have put that at any point from minute one to minute 85, and you would not have been wrong. The sooner you notice it, the better off you would be. So, we get to see two mooks on the side of the road in a car looking for Mr. Keaton. When the mook takes his gun out, there's a loud pop, yes. like it's a Bugs Bunny cartoon sound effect. I, yes, I made a note of that myself. WTF with the sound effects. Although he does do a pretty impressive pistol twirl. And as he's twirling the pistol around, you can clearly see it's a revolver. There are no bullets in the gun. Alec Baldwin, are you paying attention? Oh, that sound effect. I swear to God, it's like the sound effects editor is just like, you know what? Let's put this in there and see if the director notices. <laughs> well, again, it's... And they didn't. <laughs> what kind of movie is it trying to be? Where are we going with this? Because now, as the gangster kind of dudes, the bad cops that show up, you add this element of danger and drama to it, but it's not in any way, shape, or form taking itself seriously up to this point. It doesn't want to take itself seriously, but it wants you to take it seriously. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker, that's right. Yeah, that's not happening. I refuse. Everyone in this movie acts retarded. I mean, everyone in this movie acts like a very special person. It's not going to get better. So now Vanilla Ice goes across the street to, and I quote, Sling a schlong. I, I made a note of that as well, yes. Douchebag. How is he the good guy? <laughs> How? <laughs> he even knocks on the door like a dick. Just one big thump. Was he raised by wolves? Might as well have been. He doesn't know how to interact with human beings. This is ridiculous. So he greets mom. And again, I quote the great vanilla ice. Hey, yo, what's up, man? <laughs> and of course, the 10-year-old little brother thinks ice is the coolest thing ever. Well, of course. Now, in fairness, he actually acts nicer towards the kid 
than he has to anyone else in the movie so far. That is true, and that continues to be the case. Yes. yes. So yeah. he's on par with a 10-year-old. <laughs> he sees a kindred spirit. Like, yo, man, this dude's on my level. He's a friend. <sighs> As he leaves, we find that the two mooks have already found the house. The two people who were struggling to read a road map in the previous scene they were in have not only found the town, but have found the house that they were looking for. Well, that's how witness protection works, you see. You change your name and identity and move to a new town and establish residence there under your new name. That makes it super easy so that when your face appears on television and somebody else somewhere in whatever old town you left behind sees you on television, it's easy to come find wherever you are that way. The TV broadcast, I, I would think that would be more of a local thing and not, and not like a nationwide broadcast, right? I imagine it would. That's a, It's a stretch for that to even be on local television. That's called a slow news day, even in the sticks. Yeah. High school student is going to college, filming 11. I mean, it's silly. And we won't worry about whether or not the guy now who has altered his identity and is hiding to protect himself and his family may take issue with showing his face on TV in the first place for such a reason, but... I want to play Joe Pesci here. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? <laughs> it's right. okay because he's got his hand kind of halfway in front of his face. Because I'm sure the news reporter wouldn't be like, sir, I'm sorry, could you put your hand down so we could actually see who we're talking to? Or I'm sure he wouldn't say, do you mind if I not be on front of the camera because I'm not the one going to community college. It's my daughter. Right. <sighs> Nothing about it makes any sense. So, Vanilla Ice and his crew go to the Sugar Shack because Kathy is supposed to be there. When they get there, it looks like a cattle call for Revenge of the Nerds 3. Everyone inside the Sugar Shack just looks awful. Freeze frame it. Every single person has glasses <laughs> with tape. They all look like a bunch of goddamn nerds. It's insane. Inten it's intentionally bad, yes. It's making up the, the locals. So here ridiculous. Ice has the only black people in town with him. And he keeps his shades on inside, so you know he's cool. Right on. As a musician, as I watched this scene pop up on the movie, I have to ask, what in local band hell is happening with this band? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a Jeremy Piven lookalike trying to sing some kind of funk song. And don't you get it? Nobody, nothing in this town is cool until Vanilla until, Ice comes right, in. And right then on. it can become cool as ice. I would say ice is more cold than cool, so... You mean literal ice? Yeah, but, but also... vanilla ice is cool as no, ice. No, no I, I also wouldn't say he's cool either. Well, you'd be wrong, because obviously everybody else in the movie is not as cool. Clearly It's in, it's in the title, dude. It I, says it. It says it right there. How could I have forgotten that? It's the that? first thing that's, that pops that's, up that's, on the screen. My yeah. bad. I'm sorry. Gosh. So while at the Sugar Shack, Kathy doesn't like that Nick has alcohol. Probably the only teenage girl to ever be upset that her boyfriend has scored booze. <laughs> she is starting to become enamored with Vanilla Ice. For really? Why? For some reason. Why? Really? <laughs> anyway, the well, mooks know Mr. Keaton from 20 years ago. Apparently he owes them money and was in hiding in the witness protection program. Which begs the question... And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? <sighs> he did a real good job hiding himself until now. Well, his daughter was never going to college before now. So oh, that, that is true. That's the perfect excuse. You have to go on TV then. It's required. So back at the Sugar Shack now. Oh, yes. Okay. Ice and his crew perform a musical number. You got to pick up on the nuances here. You just boot the guys off stage. The guys are, well, the band's playing. 
you just go over casually to the wall and pull the plug and everything magically stops. And then magically knock on a microphone and it's in a new sound system where this new music is magically going to appear and I'm going to perform. It's a good thing they happen to have everything that they need to perform right there. The DJ, like, boom, ready to go. It's not like it's a different setup for rap versus rock and roll music. The script <laughs> deems it so. The song is obviously lip synced and Kathy at several points looks like she is very audibly laughing, but you can't hear it because it's lip synced and I guess they couldn't do a second take. So <laughs> that's what you get. And apparently she also forgot that he nearly killed her this morning. Every experience that she has had with this guy so far doesn't very, matter. Very negative. And until now. And, and then what all appears of a sudden, to be. And then all of a sudden it's all out the window. Out the well, window. you see, musicians are cool. Yeah. Oh. Well, 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 so now that he's well, performed and she's seen him in action. I play the saxophone. I know what it means to be cool. <laughs> you know what's not cool? It's telling everybody you're cool. I didn't say I was cool. I said I know what it means to be cool. Oh. <laughs> so Kathy gives Ice 24 hours to return her book. Ice asks, if that's all she wanted? Why did she dance with him? And she says, to show you I could. <sighs> did you notice the names of any particular writers that popped up on this film that were noted for other works? No. <laughs> I wonder no. why. Because they were dragged out and shot. <laughs> oh, wait, my bad. There are black people in town. We see them as Nick and Kathy leave. They're dressed like nerds, too. <sighs> They look like some kind of Amos and Andy or Step and Fetch It 1930s stereotype looking dress. It's like, what in the hell are they wearing? This is ridiculous. This town is portrayed as so backwards that the black people are probably just there to clean up after everybody leaves. So now out in the parking lot, we see the bad side of Nick. What? And of course, it's plot convenience. And obviously, within the context of the movie, mm -hmm. sure, it all makes sense. But why just suddenly does this dude turn out to be such a dick? Well, she calls him a dick, too. That's three times. It's three times. Three times we got dick in this movie. It's it, thrice. It has to be true. But yeah. in the context of their relationship prior to Vanilla Ice strolling into town, he's never shown these colors before. They'd hear magically. He's, they're at the dance and he had a couple drinks and now he's become a new person that we've never seen before. They're just... She's never noticed it before uh, because now she has Vanilla Ice to compare it to. <laughs> I feel like that would make him look better by comparison. But you would be wrong. Yeah. You don't know anything about women. What are you You're talking not watching about? the movie, are you? Gosh. It is, however, nice of the street cleaning vehicle to not splash her with water as it goes by. It very clearly turns off the sprinklers until it gets past her and then turns them on again. <laughs> you try doing that. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It's spraying stuff on the street, but it's not like sweeping or anything. So like They didn't have brushes or anything scrubbing the street. It just was walking along. You know what? Water. It's probably one of those things where they heard, you know what? If you film a street at night, it looks better if it's wet. And ah. then they just got there too early and it filmed the truck while it was just wetting down the streets yeah. and then forgot to go back to it. <laughs> Kathy is being stalked by the mooks. But here comes Ice to the rescue. Woo. What was the problem here? She was walking in the middle of the street. Walking in the middle of the street with the car coming up behind her. Vanilla Ice comes riding up real fast. Hurry, get on. Why? What is his motivation to encourage her? If you don't want to be hit by a car, you use the fucking sidewalk. And why would she trust him enough to get on his bike at this point, alone in the middle of the night okay. anyways? They didn't seem to be threatening her. Right. They didn't have any guns. They weren't trying to run her down. They were just following her. But she's walking in the middle of the street. Sure. The revving engine that you hear is Vanilla Ice's motorcycle. 
So he was following her too. Mm. You just got saved from stalkers by a stalker. Who is ostensibly worse. Explain yourself. Well, see, he's vanilla eyes. How could I have forgotten? I Every experience she's had with ice up to this point has been almost entirely negative. The dance you could like, eh, that's not. There's the dance. Uh, uh, th there is the dance. But then, you know, she, she's never like, encountered these dudes before. They could just be people trying to drive and she wouldn't know because, you know, she's in the middle of the street. Yeah, but I mean, you're not wrong. She but, got on the bike. Yeah, she did get on the bike. Yeah, she had no reason to. The script said to, okay? That you keep neglecting the script. I and do. then when they stop, of course, he asks, well, who are those guys following you? Well, maybe you should ask that before you freaked out and told her to get on the bike and hurry because she was in danger that you knew about because you knew who those guys were and it obviously seemed like she was in trouble. Yeah. And that's why you had to help her. But then, well, who was that? Yeah. <laughs> who was who? I didn't know anybody was behind me. I was lost in my thoughts. I love how... She openly mocks his speech and mannerisms. <laughs> it's like she knows that she's in a clown show and isn't afraid to, like, kind of take the piss out of it herself. So I did get a kick out of that. Ice says, and I quote, dissed again. I don't know what he thought would happen tonight because he still has her book. <laughs> did he think he was going to consummate the relationship before giving the book back? And Kathy still doesn't know Vanilla Ice's name. No. Nope. He, he is a man of mystery. <laughs> What better kind of man is there? So Nick and his friends are trashing Ice's crew's bikes. Specifically, Sir D's bike. <laughs> Who is Sir D? Ice says, and I quote, My homeboy. He's his homeboy. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. My homeboy. So then they fight. Ice and leaps. Vanilla Ice is a friggin' ninja. Ooh. He was in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, too. That's where he got that training. Go Ninja, go Ninja, Now go. it makes sense. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go Ninja, go Ninja, go. Go, 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 go. Absolutely. <laughs> Ice leaps into action while the bad guys, very politely, wait one at a time to fight him. <laughs> Especially the one guy with a baseball bat that's standing behind him. <laughs> Couldn't just whack him in the back of the head or nothing. No, you gotta... It, again, it's in the script. It has to happen. After the beatdown, Ice calls Nick Dick once again. That's four. And no one called the cops. There's people sitting on the porch that are just watching. I don't know if anybody knows anything about small towns. I promise you. <laughs> they would have called the cops on an outsider beating up the local boys in a heartbeat. Yeah, Even absolutely. if the local boys were the ones... Busting up somebody's bikes. No way those guys aren't getting the cops called on them. In a town where everybody knows everybody and you're not known? Maybe they, they, maybe they were afraid that I couldn't identify him. I wouldn't be able to pick Vanilla Ice out of a lineup with everybody else in the town. Not when he's wearing bright neon and everyone else is wearing beige. <laughs> so now we see that Kathy has Ice's driver's license. How?! <laughs> This is a town of wizards and magic. They can just teleport things out of people's pockets into their hands, apparently. Uh, well, well, She's smooth, man. You say Accio, and then the object name, and it comes to you. It's it's that simple. Did you, hear, did you hear her say Accio? She could have whispered it. What'd she do? Go to Hogwarts? She hasn't gone to college yet. Well, Hogwarts isn't a college. It's like a primary school. Yeah, in England. This is California. She could have been shipped away. It would make more sense if that were the case. Sadly, it's not. Yeah. 
I make a better movie, too. Yeah. Kathy clutches a teddy bear as her parents argue about the mook situation. She is going to college. She is not 10 years old. And I really don't know anything that's going on the next morning. As apparently Vanilla Ice has snuck into her room. <laughs> they must have left the window open. Yeah. So all, not only can the smoke get in, but Vanilla Ice can get in. The breaking and entering, breaks into her house, sneaks into her room, and then very rudely wakes her up with ice. Now, wait a minute. She wakes up, and the first thing that she sees is this dude laying in bed next to her. She doesn't scream. She doesn't freak out. She doesn't have an, a, a, a moment of, holy crap, there's somebody in my room. How did they get here? What's going on? And then, you know, move to defend herself by attacking this person who is, should not certainly be here in her room. Let's have some playful, flirtatious exchange here with the guy you just met the day before and has done nothing but be a complete jerk and now has snuck into your room in the middle of the night and you wake up with him laying next to you in your bed. This exchange makes perfect sense. Any of the above things except what she does would have been acceptable. The Back to the Future 2 reaction here is the right one. <laughs> and all Marty did was go through the window. He didn't even get in the bed. Breaking into her room, that's dick move number five. Douchebag. So he returns her book. We still have no idea how he stole it. Well, at least he finally did the right thing. So we find out that Ice's name in the movie here is John Van Owen, which is oddly close to Rob Van Winkle. Still no clue how she got his ID. But then she starts stripping in front of Vanilla Ice. Really? And I, watching this movie, have become convinced I don't understand anything about women. Well, Scrub was more than likely written by a man who also doesn't understand women. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker, that's right. So then they get busted by the little brother, who is absolutely thrilled to see Ice with his half-naked sister. Whoa. <laughs> Nothing wrong here. He seems like he would be okay with Vanilla Ice banging her as long as he gets to ride on his motorcycle. Perfectly fine. So Kathy goes riding with Ice to a construction site outside of town. It must be their day off because nobody's there and they've just got all their equipment sitting around. It's very hazardous. And we get another music video sequence that breaks out. The biggest thing that really happens here, apart from the before the music video starts, this exchange that goes on between them as they get out here, they're on this construction site and they're having this moment. The exchange between Anakin and Padme. I don't like sound. It's coarse and rough and irritating. And it gets everywhere. It's coarse, Academy Award rough, winning irritating. material in comparison to what we got going on here. I haven't seen okay. the likes well, of on-screen chemistry since. I think that that's Academy Award winning like acting even by itself, just standalone. Why is she attracted to him? Yeah, Why is she here? I haven't seen chemistry like this since chlorine and hydrogen. <laughs> it's just, Jesus Christ, are you kidding me? Like, I, I just briefly wanted to point out, as they're driving to the construction site, Ice's hat kind of appears and disappears. It's part of that magic. <laughs> they run around the construction site like idiots, and this is absolutely pure filler. And the musical montage that's here confused me, because now at this point, it's not even his music. And the idea of this being some type of a promotional vehicle for him musically, where it's a it's a vanity thing. Oh, hey, here's the day in the life of this dude, and I'm gonna slip in all of the promotions for his music. Get the soundtrack album, or get you know the record that's gonna come out with it. Okay, sure. But and this is one of those moments throughout the whole thing where it's not even his stuff that's in there. Why is this even here? 
this montage of them messing around in this construction site. You can't even say it's there for promotional purposes for his music because it's not his music. Why? Why is this? What is? No. Money. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just don't know. I got nothing. Ice dazzles us with his philosophy. He says, and I quote, If you ain't true to yourself, then you ain't true to nobody. And live your life for someone else. You ain't living. Words of wisdom, Lloyd. Words of wisdom. These are like quotes you'd see in a 13-year-old girl's AIM profile a few years from now. Straight up fact. Yeah. Well, now they do get to one of his tunes, though, when they have the romantic bit going on in here. There's the fun, playful montage, but then they have the connection. Yeah, that's another thing. There's a lot of montages in this. Yeah. It's like crossfades. It's a bonanza. She wants to do something wild just because she never has. So she smooches vanilla ice, boldly going where Madonna's gone before. <laughs> she should get some shots after that. So now she takes him to see a lovely horse, and they ride his bike out in the desert. So much padding. <laughs> this sequence is going on. So as soon as they get home, she kisses him again, and the door instantly opens. Wait, wait, wait. The exchange as they get there. Well, thanks. For what? Everything. <laughs> yeah. You can't make this up. Who yeah. writes this stuff? It's pretty bad. They smooch on the doorstep, and the door instantly opens. Mr. Keaton thinks he's with the mooks because he saw him talking to them the night before. It's all a big misunderstanding. They're on a collision course with wackiness. It's like some Three's Company shit. So now Mr. Keaton finally gives his backstory to Kathy. That he was a cop who turned his partner in and had to go into witness protection from two other crooked cops. Again. And what the fuck are you doing on TV anyhow? He's a cop. He was. should know how this works. Right. He was a cop. What, did he forget how witness protection's supposed to work? No, but you can't say he is. It'd be a cop. one thing if you're Henry Hill and you want to go out there and you know you want to flaunt the rules or something like that because you're you know you don't know how this stuff's supposed to work. He's a cop; he should know better. <laughs> uh, and the thing that sticks out to me in this scene of the movie again, here's the guy who's been the lead actor on a television series for you know near ten years. To me, and and all the guys that are here working on this film, he's like the senior seasoned <coughs> veteran actor. And Excuse this me. scene where he gets this monologue now to tell this backstory is complete shit. Now, you can only do so much with the material you're given, but I feel like his just this scene is horrible. And not only from his monologue, but then the exchange that takes place between them. The writing is so hack. Making a lot of good points. <laughs> I got no argument It was for so that. painful. <laughs> There's no fault in his logic. Hey, you know, one take. That's all we got. We gotta keep this thing <laughs> Make moving. Make it count. So, of course, because of this information, Ice and Kathy have a fight, which is obligatory. you gotta have the, you got to have the split up. From the guy that she's known for a day and a half. Yes. Then Vanilla Ice goes on a motorcycle riding montage. More filler. After we just had a 10-minute long filler scene, we got more filler. Yes. Again, they really wanted to pad the runtime to get to feature length. Well, you got to do what you got to do. So now we have he a really, scene. He really, really looked stylish laying on the back of that bike, though. Truly. Yeah. It's no wonder he's got blonde go. bombshells giving him her, her, her That's why Madonna was after him. That's right? right. The mean girls of the town are riding in a car with Kathy, talking about her while she's sitting right there in the car. Like she's not even there. That's a dick move on them. 
douchebag. Kind of. You know, the mean girls, that's what they do. Oh, yeah. Usually when you get a group of girls like that, they'll wait until one of them goes to the bathroom before they start talking shit about her. And then when she comes back, they're all like nice to her again while she's there. And then a different one will leave and then they'll all talk bad about the one that just left. But they don't even bother waiting until she's out of the car. So now the little kid brother has shaved lines in his head like Vanilla Ice. <laughs> he did it himself. That he did? So then Vanilla Ice takes the kid brother for a ride on his motorcycle, making good on the promise he made. Where'd the kid get a helmet? None of Vanilla Ice's crew have helmets. He probably has a bike or something. He's That's a motorcycle helmet. Bike I... helmets didn't start becoming big until like late I don't know, he... in the 90s, early 2000s. He, he could just... I don't know, man. I'm trying to justify a movie that doesn't deserve justifying. Well, stop it! <laughs> you Stop making it harder on yourself. Why are you punching yourself in the face? Let the movie do it for you. Well, I mean, and you punch can... back at it. Don't help it. You had us watch the movie. I feel like that's enough of a punch as it is. I know, but punch back. <laughs> at this point, the dude's bike is still stripped to the frame. It feels like we have been in this town for days, and mm -hmm. there has been mm -hmm. absolutely no progress made. But we get a little bit of dancing filler, uh -huh, and suddenly uh -huh. the bike is almost all together again. But you do that with a montage. And now the little brother gives Nick the finger. His sweet revenge. <laughs> he didn't keep his promises, man. The mooks break into the house and kidnap the little brother. Oh yeah, more shitty cinematography here. No one saw them break in, but no one saw Ice break in and return her ring either, which she did. They have no neighborhood watch. Her window isn't locked, even though there are mooks threatening her family. <laughs> So apparently that little talk that he gave her meant nothing because she didn't bother to lock the window. Right. <sighs> so Kathy finds the ring in the fishbowl but doesn't notice any sign of property damage even though we clearly heard things in her room break when the mooks chased the kid through there. Fucking cheers! Like, More um, importantly, the guys, when they break in and they kidnap the kid, he calls 911, connects to 911, and the dude hangs up the phone just as they answer. So a call has been made and disconnected from the emergency service. All this goes down. They leave with the kid. By the time Kathy comes home, why is this place not crawling with cops already? Following they up thought it was on a, a 911 call? Yeah, they thought it was a prank call. But that's like automatic. You yeah. get a call at 911 and it is hangs it up. We've, we've heard they call back. Out. If they don't get an answer, they say, hey, somebody go out and check on this. This is like... Standard operating I don't know. procedure. We've, we've heard stories about 911 dispatchers that didn't bother to do their job. So uh, well, now there's that, no, I but, suppose. But that stood out to me as like, okay, they call 911. Why? And, and over the course of the next hour or two, nobody shows up. There but, are no cops in this town. Apparently. <laughs> Clearly. While they were chasing uh, Tommy around, though, Kathy's window is open. Dive on out. That window is for Vanilla Ice to go in and out at his pleasure. Thank you very much. Oh. That is not for anybody else. My mistake. God, you got to read this script. I don't have access to it. I just have the movie, you know? I got news for you. I don't think anybody on set did either. Wouldn't be surprised. The crew is in a hurry to go, but not until Vanilla Ice says goodbye. They're all ready to go, and they're saying, all right, come on. We're all done. Let's go. And then he, he sits there, and he says, okay, let's go. And then they don't leave. And continues to sit there. Well, let's go then. Fine, then go. I'm gone. Go then. I am. Go. I'm gone. Go then. I am. At about 110, hour 10 minutes into the movie, you could theoretically splice footage of Vanilla Ice getting on his bike and riding away and cut 20 minutes out of this movie. But he's bugging. Oh, he's bugging. 
bugging. You don't want to be bugging. You don't know what it's like. <sighs> Someday you'll know. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom, Lloyd. Words of wisdom. So the family finally puts two and two together. It's four. And figure out that the kid is missing. I shows up, asks Kathy, and I quote, So you want to talk or what? <laughs> Fucking legend. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> He's so good with the ladies. <laughs> I, I mean, clearly, you saw that chick. You saw Monique at the beginning. So Vanilla Ice hands them an envelope that he found on the porch, and it has a tape from the kid with ransom demands. The mooks give them another 24 hours to get their money. There are questions. 24 hours from when? 24 hours from when the tape was made? Or 24 hours from when it was played? But how because they're they different. Was, how would they know when it was played? Exactly. So I, And how would the other people know when it was made? You I, gotta communicate with ransom notes. That's the whole point. Yeah. I, you say, get I, it to us by noon tomorrow. That way you have a definite time. I mean, you would know. I do know. <laughs> How'd but, that work out? Who knows? But uh, I do. I'm the one that's out the money. Anyway. Uh, true. No, but uh, long story short, it's another case of the script deems it so. Of course, Mr. Keaton now thinks that Vanilla Ice dropped off the ransom tape because he's in league with the mooks. He saw Vanilla Ice talking to him out on the street. It's just more evidence. Here's a thought. Perhaps if Vanilla Ice didn't act like a dick all the time... <laughs> They would trust him more. <laughs> Perhaps. But probably not. Nick shows up and says he saw Little Bro and Vanilla Ice together earlier, heaping more suspicion on him. Not for being a pedo, but for being a kidnapper. There is a subtle difference. Ice and his group are chilling at Pee Wee's Playhouse. Weren't they supposed to be leaving? You have to say, why are they still here with the bikes fixed? The bikes fixed, he said goodbye, dropped off whatever, and pissed off, and they're still here. Kathy plays the tape for Ice. Ice hears a noise in the background that lets him know that they were at the construction site. But, well, see, again, and this is one of those moments now. Okay, you're back at home. Dad says he's calling the cops. You have this evidence that your brother's been kidnapped. Your dad, the former cop, is calling the police. Your train of thought on the best course of action here is take the tape to the dude you've known for three days who, at every turn has been a complete douchebag. But now you implicitly trust and are falling in love with, he is going to help you find your brother. He's vanilla what? ice. It may have only been three days, but it feels like a lifetime. <laughs> okay. But Believe me, I know. I I've know, been watching yes. this movie. <laughs> no, but have, have you not been paying attention? He's vanilla ice. Of course. And P-I-V-I is going to crack the case. But when they were at the construction site, there was nobody else there. There wasn't any machinery running. How would he know what those machines sound like if they weren't running when he was there? Run! Uh, no, it was actually. Oh, you got me. Okay. There's a clip um, when they show up with the thing jackhammering away. All right, there you go. One plot hole solved, 9,500 to go. <laughs> I was just going to say you couldn't hear it under the montage, but we'll go with that instead. It could it be. Yeah, that's better. I, I don't know if you can hear it, but you can see it. So. Well, he picks up the clue from the tape. This motherfucker's like Batman. <laughs> the Dark Knight. Does that make Vanilla Ice? The White Knight? <laughs> We've already seen his ninja skills, so I mean, he clearly must be in league with the world's greatest detective. The yeah, next I mean. step is just becoming a masked vigilante. It's obvious. Ice brings his whole posse, oh sorry LeBron, his whole crew with him <laughs> to search for this kid. He says, and I quote, To 
Just because we can't hear it doesn't mean they're not here. <laughs> While he is sitting on one of four motorcycles that are running. <laughs> Turn the engines off, you fucking moron! And take off the sunglasses! It's nighttime! For fuck's sake! No wonder you can't hear shit! You can't see shit either! It's like riding a motorcycle with Helen Keller! It's fucking ridiculous! Oh, you sound like the angry video game nerd. Kathy is ready to quit instantly. Oh, nice! Fucking cheers! It's your brother! That should be Vanilla Ice's line. Oh, well, fuck it. We can't find him. But surprise, motherfuckers! Ice and his crew break through the wall of this construction zone like fucking Kool-Aid Man. Oh, yeah! It's a good thing that oh, those walls... Yeah weren't solid and you know, they had some nice drywall to go busting through. So it's a nice thing that wall wasn't load bearing or anything. How did they find them? Why do the bad guys forget that they have guns? And why are there birds chirping when Vanilla Ice knocks the bad guy out? The script deems it so. This isn't Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Where you got the birds cheep 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 cheep. This is supposed to be This is the dramatic part of the film. The action-adventure part of the film. Yeah. It's not a comedy anymore. Keep up. I think it's another case of the movie not wanting to take itself seriously, but still wanting the audience to take it seriously. Yeah, that's not happening. I don't know. I don't know what they want. All of a sudden, it seems like the town's got plenty of cops. Nice of them to show up after Vanilla Ice did all the work. <laughs> so Ice and his crew roll up triumphant, but Vanilla Ice is pouty until Kathy agrees to ride off with him. Forget going to community college. Forget learning how to do whatever she was going to learn, hairdressing or some shit at community college. I don't remember what she was supposed to be going to school for. College doesn't start tonight. So she will inevitably go back for college and leave him. Yeah, most people skip a few years before they get started on college. <laughs> so she goes riding off with him, but he makes a point of using Nick's car as a ramp for a big jump. I don't know why he needs the car to make... Maybe it's just because he wants to show up Nick, but he didn't need the car to jump over the <laughs> fence earlier in the movie. So he uses Nick's car as a ramp for a big jump before going back to an abandoned warehouse club for another show. And yes, another sir. full music video to play us out. Ends yep. exactly the way it started and looks exactly the same. You can't see anything from the poor lighting except for Vanilla Ice. Everybody else is shadowed. It looks so low budget. The videos that would have been on MTV at the time would have had a better production value than what we see here in a major motion picture. What the hell? I wouldn't even consider this a major motion picture. It's a motion picture, all right, but it's, I don't know about major. It was released by a major film studio. It doesn't make the film major. We got this music video playing the whole fucking song. All we want to do is go home. Is that so wrong? I just want to go home. Oh, my God. Just let me out of the theater. Just let me go home. I won't tell the cops or anybody. Just let me go home. So we finally get the end credits. And at the end of the credits, it says, Be cool. Stay in school. Of which exactly one word is spelled correctly. The word stay. It's the letter B, K-O-O-L-S-T-A-Y. The letter N, S-K-O-O-L. Check out the big brain on Brad. You're a smart motherfucker, that's right. Be cool, stay in school. For fuck's sake, why? Or you'll end up like Vanilla Ice? Is the movie threatening us now on our way out? It tells you to stay in school, but it doesn't even spell school right, so... It didn't I... spell anything right except stay! <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't want you to end up like them. It's like some retard who thought he was Prince wrote that. Are you guys done? Oh, you anything no, else? I'm good. Those let's... are the notes that I had now that the movie's over, so yeah. Let's, uh, we let's... can talk about it now.
Let's yeah. take it to the aftermath. So the movie opens up October 18th, 1991 in 393 theaters, earning $638,000. Good for number 14 on the list for the weekend. It finished with less than $1.2 million gross on a $6 million budget, $1 million of which went to Vanilla Ice. <laughs> it got Razzie nominations for Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst New Star for both Vanilla Ice and Kristen Minter, won that one, and Worst Original Song. I don't know which one. Could have been any of them. <laughs> it has a 3% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 2.9 on IMDb. As you will recall from our review of Battlefield Earth, uh -huh. 3% of film critics are mentally retarded. <laughs> we have seen it twice now. The director, David Kellogg, disowned the movie. He had directed music videos and television commercials before this. He has directed only one other feature film, 1999's Inspector Gadget, with oh. Matthew Broderick. Spoiler alert, it sucks too. <laughs> Kristen Minter starred mostly uh, in straight-to-video and TV after Cool as Ice, although she had been in Home Alone before it. She plays one of young Kevin's uh, older cousins, one of only three cast members, I think, not to come back for Home Alone 2 for some reason. Maybe it was being filmed the same time as Cool as Ice. Just <laughs> like kicking myself over that one. She appeared in 71 episodes of ER. I think she was like really? a desk clerk or something like that. I did have that moment of, like, where have I seen her before? Yeah, I think it, it could be. That's yeah, got to be where I She's in from. 71 episodes of ER okay. over, over the years, I think up until 2010 or something like that. Her Wikipedia says, known for being Kathy and cool as ice. You don't want to be known for that. Poor girl. <laughs> Vanilla Ice. Let's see how he ended up. He distanced himself from SBK Universal after the movie. He was unhappy with the fake biography they had made for him, and his star faded quickly after that. A couple years later, he resurfaced with his second studio album, Mind Blowing, in 1994. He had a whole new look and sound. He was sporting dreads and making music more like Rastafarian funk. Is that culture appropriation? <laughs> the album was neither a critical or commercial success. He was heavily using drugs around that time, mostly ecstasy, cocaine, and heroin, and attempted suicide by heroin overdose in 1994. He changed his ways after surviving and began getting into real estate in 1995, renovating and selling houses. He's appeared on reality TV shows like mm -hmm. The Surreal Life and Dancing with the Stars and uh, continued making the music. He started a TV show called The Vanilla Ice Project in 2010 on yeah. the DIY Network. I remember saying that. That I think it ran until 2019. So it got like nine seasons out of that. One of those go in, fix up houses, flip them, sell them and all that. So he's, he's been pretty successful at that. We don't have enough of those. Not oh, yeah. on the DIY Network, certainly. We could always do with a few more. But how many have vanilla eyes? Exactly. Right. Just one. He's been a headliner on the worldwide I Love the 90s tour with a whole lot of other kind of one-hit wonder acts going mm -hmm. out there and doing his stuff. One of my favorite stories about him, he played a halftime show at a Houston Texans game in 2013. The Texans went on to win that game, but lost the next 14 games in a row. Oh! <laughs> and some of the players did blame Vanilla Ice and said <laughs> that he had somehow put a curse on the team. <laughs> And I think they mostly just wanted him to come back and do another show so they could write the curse. He, he, he's their good luck charm or something, you know? In uh, 2019, it was announced that Dave Franco will play Vanilla Ice in a biopic. The film was in pre-production as of July 2020. So if, when, however that'll come out, I don't know. But we can look forward to Dave Franco playing Vanilla Ice. So that was cool as ice. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a contest. I didn't know we were having a contest. <laughs> Let me ask you before we get into that. Thornton Mellon, <laughs> would you recommend Cool as Ice? 
Hell no. But why not? <laughs> yeah. All I right. think we've made our case. <laughs> we don't have to beat that horse. It, you can run good. over it with a Kawasaki motorcycle. Thornton Mellon Jr., would you recommend Cool as Ice? If you're looking for a good way to waste a Friday night and you're hanging with some friends and you want to absolutely tear a movie to shreds, then yes. If you're looking for literally anything else to do at all, ever, no. But neither of you guys had tons of notes. You were sitting there kind of slack-jawed as this movie unspooled confused and bewildered by how bad it was. I don't know how much fun it is for anybody the first time they watch it. <laughs> You're mostly in shock. <laughs> then loop it. Watch it twice. <laughs> oh, you're an evil bitch, aren't you? <laughs> this movie is looping on a double feature in hell with Battlefield Earth. Hey guys, it's movie night again! No! Say no! God have mercy! Nope, too late for that shit. You're down here now. Score! What would you give it? Scale of 10. What did I give Battlefield Earth? Do you remember? Oh, you were aiming high on Battlefield Earth. I think you said like a two and a half. Oh, man. This is... You said it, you, uh, yeah, you wanted to not set the I've, bar too low first time out. I'm still... I, I feel like there are worse movies. But this is on par. Yeah, it's got to be a two. If Battlefield Earth is a two, two and a half, this is right there. Garbage. Thornton Mellon Jr., out of ten. There's definitely worse movies. But this is pretty bad. I'm going to go one and a half. Garbage. Worst movies? Fucking show me. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you. God-awful acting. Terrible script. Endless music videos and montages. This thing is padded out more than a freshman high school girl's bra to try to get to feature length. It is just absolutely ridiculous. Bottom of the barrel. Double feature in Hell with Battlefield Earth. This is a 1 out of 10. Garbage. I'm the fairly lowest certain, of the low. I, I am fairly certain what you just described there was a lot of Disney Channel movies. But those aren't really movies. I'm talking about theatrical releases. I'm talking about oh. this gets played. Oh, okay. This was well. deemed good enough to be in a theater back in the days before the Kung Flu when everybody just showed movies on television and said, fuck it, we're not going to show them in theaters. This, in as far as what actually was considered good enough for theatrical release, is a 1 out of 10. And Terrible. received a $6 million budget Six to be made. million. Yeah. How would you have improved Cool as Ice, aside from just... I wouldn't have fucking made it. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. How would you have improved Cool as Ice, aside from just not making it? Pick any number of other movies that have been made with musicians in the starring role as a vehicle for the musician to be in a movie. It's been done repeatedly much better. I would probably do the Deadpool 2 ending and just go around and shoot everybody involved in it with the head the day before they started shooting. <laughs> now, this seems to me like one of those things where they wanted to make a project for this guy who... Strike while the iron is hot. Right. We got this guy under contract. It's his first thing. A million bucks isn't that, isn't that much money to kind of throw at him at this point. And we're just going to run this guy out there until that horse drops dead. And then it dropped dead. Tried killing himself a few years later. This is one of those things where you get into it where it's just like, do you really want to be famous? <laughs> the big it's thing something is you, that it doesn't seem like it's all that people make it out to be sometimes. You, you can't even really blame the movie on him though no because there's so it. much swirling around him that was it's surrounded by a bad movie that just happens to have him in it you could have put anybody else in this role besides him and it would have been the same pile of crap i mean it's the record company saying hey go be in this movie yeah we'll give you a million dollars i swear i want a million dollars okay yeah i mean i don't blame him at all 
And I've seen other interviews and stuff with him. Like he doesn't seem like a bad person, but this character in the movie, right? It's just and I don't horrible. know if it's I don't know if it's because you know these are like twenty years afterwards, and he sure. can kind of look back and laugh at this stuff, and he's grown up a bit. But well, even at the time, God, I feel so... like yeah, that's the persona that he was putting out there. That that's yeah, he is the so unlikable. Ice personality that you'd, you'd see him in interviews and stuff. He kind of acted that same way. That was who you saw. But yeah, I'm sure behind the scenes he's more of a normal guy. Yeah, it's God. Very least, I hope so. I don't know why I do this to myself. <laughs> Entertainment. Or well, more importantly, why you begged for this. Seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I could have been selling crack to school kids, I guess. So. How much? I mean, it could have been, what? How much? How much you want? How much do you have? <laughs> I asked you first how much you want. Dude, I ain't putting this out there. You ain't getting me thrown. I ain't going to jail for you or anybody. Okay, faggot. What's next? So what's next? Our fan wants the blob. We got to give the fan fan what they want. Yeah, because if we don't give the fan what they want, we ain't going to have any fan. I've seen our numbers. (laughs) Maybe we should talk about better movies. I I think it's boring if we talk about good movies. I say good movies. I say better movies. (laughs) They can't help but be better. From this point, they cannot help but be better. It's got to be an improvement. But if you just do good movies, it's boring because you just sit there. Oh my god, look how good this is! Look how great this is! Blah 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 blah. And I, f- I feel we've like... had way more fun talking about this than we did watching it. I assure you, oh, that yeah. is for sure. I feel like it'd, it'd be kind of fun to uh, do Revenge of the Sith or something of the like because I really enjoy the movie and you two not so much. But, I just yeah. put that down to ignorance. How is that ignorance? Do you know what ignorance is? Bliss. That's why you're blissful when you watch it, and we're face-palming like Jean-Luc Picard. We're not doing Star Wars next. We're going to do one for our fan. We're going to do The Blob. The remake of The Blob from 1988. I guess until next time, unless any of you guys have anything else you want to say. No, I'm good. Thanks for keeping the chair for me uh, on uh, Transformers. Yeah, we'll see you next time. This is G-Money Clip signing off. I'm here with Thornton Mellon. See you guys. And Thornton Mellon Jr. Sayonara. And I'm going to say kick back, have some popcorn, and watch some movies. Adios, nachos.